1: Jonathan Fritzen.
0: And news with the smoothest show on the Internet radio, your host, the Jazz Queen.
1: Hello, welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. It is Sunday, October 13th. 2013. My name is Terry, a.k.a. The Jazz Queen. Welcome, Joe, from Germany. Good to have you here. See you again. Hi. If you would like to join us in the chat room, please go to Talkingsmoothjazz.com and click on Fifth and York's Picture, and that will bring you into the chat room. The phone number is 646-716-5485, 646 646- Seven one six five four eight five. 716-5485. Saxophonist Derwin Friday of the group Fifth in York joins me today to talk about their new CD, All In. Derwin, how are you?
2: I am doing fine. How are you doing?
1: Doing well. Doing well. Were you able to Uh get George
2: on? Uh, You know what? He's trying to call me back now. That's why he missed my call. So we'll we'll get back up with him in a little bit here. (laughs) I'll send him a text message.
1: (laughs) Okay. No problem. So, um... Well when I think about a month or so ago, Mike had posted on Facebook that he was listening to your c d and uh-huh. he you know he said it was very good and um so I googled it and I saw the cover and i n the first thing I noticed of course was the Las Vegas strip skyline there you now go. um I live in Las Vegas, okay so yeah, so I was like, okay, what is this about? Yeah, I didn't, you know, know the, the song titles or anything, so I wasn't quite sure what the Las Vegas picture meant. So describe okay. to the listeners the concept of All In.
2: So the concept for this one, this is our second album, and it is actually a follow-up to our to our debut album that we did in 2009. Um it mm-hmm. was you know, it was our first project, and um, since 2009, the band has, of course, grown, and we've, you know, had we've changed members, and we've uh, had a few more experiences. So it was it was kind of a that was kind of a hardcore initiation into the music industry, part of the part of the business aspect. I mean, there are a lot of people that make music and love to make music, but not I don't think everybody really understands how much of a business there is behind the music until you get into it. Um, and it was a hard, it was a hard lesson to learn. Um, some of the, some of the lessons, that they were, you know, they were lessons that were that had, that had to be learned. And we came back and we decided to do, do another album. And um, just since we kind of have a little bit better grasp on exactly what it takes to be a to be a musician and, and to be a, a in show business um, as a musician, um, we kind of said, if we're gonna do this, we're gonna go all in. We're going to go all out. We're going to not cut any corners. And we uh, luckily we were blessed to be able to do things a little bit differently this time. <clears throat> the first CD we actually did on absolutely no budget. Um, we kind of mm-hmm. pieced it together. We did a lot of our own recording. We did a lot of our own mixing. Um, we did a whole lot of things, added a lot of things in the home studio. It was kind of one of those situations where, you know, you, you just find that the best thing that'll work. So we were, you know, padding rooms with pillows and air crates and that kind of a thing that to, to silence the, uh, to silence ambient noise and that kind of a thing. And uh, it was, just, it was, it was a learning experience in that aspect as well. But since then we were, we've kind of been blessed to been able to do things like this time. Um, so we said, we're going to go all in. We went to a nice studio and, uh, we did a we did a full on project in, in the studio and we uh, spent a lot of time writing and uh, just trying to make a really good product and um, and that's kind of what it was all about it was kind of laying all the laying all your chips on the table trying to trying to go all in and, and really make something you can be proud of really make something that uh, people will enjoy listening to and uh, kind of throwing we wore our shoulder our heart on our sleeves on this one we wrote. Uh, a lot of the songs are very, very personal songs to us, and, and uh, we, re- we chose the songs that we had written, uh, to the, the songs to record from a list of songs that we had written, and mm-hmm. we purposely chose the ones that were kind of the most personal, the ones that were the most revealing, I would say, um, as people and as writers and as musicians, so um, all in, there you go, in a nutshell.
1: All in. All right. Hey, Mike, how are you?
2: Hey,
1: Terry. Hey, Darren. What's going on, guys?
2: Hey, what's
1: going on, Mike? I'm alright, brother. I'm okay. I'm okay. Glad to hear your voice, bro. Hey,
2: it's good to hear from you,
1: Doc. Okay, so now all in. Um, <laughs> I love this. I love the concept of it all. Now, tell me about the the, the strip, the Las Vegas strip picture. Did someone come in to take this picture? Uh, <laughs> did you got pull this up over the we, internet?
2: We uh, yeah we we the. The artwork and the graphic work, it took a little while, and it was kind of a – we were actually trying to do it, uh, a, a whole lot of work in a very short amount of time when we started practicing. Um We were trying to – we had a deadline that we were trying to meet, so um, we actually had a few photos that we had purchased and that kind of a thing, and honestly, that one, I think, came up from like a travel website somewhere mm-hmm. randomly, mm-hmm. and it happened to just be the best picture and it looked much better than the one that we'd actually paid for. So, and that one was actually kind of free, so um, ah. we took, we used that one as opposed to some of the other ones. But it just, I like that one because I like that part. That's the part of Vegas that you know I'm very familiar with. And, um, I think that some of that stuff is kind of iconic as far as seeing the wind and those kind of things. So um, that's why we chose that particular picture. It just kind of fits the it fits the mold a little bit better.
1: Yes, yes, and now the c d has a Las vegas casino theme to it um, some of the songs on here are are titled um they, they are poker related title songs um as right. well, and um yeah, so there's you know the casino and all in and you're a move ace high I was like, okay, right. this is pretty cool this is really cool i i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna play the casino part because you have to explain that that <laughs> that uh That first single, The Casino, is like two minutes, but that is really interesting, and you definitely will have to explain that. Okay. Um, (laughs) Talk about the members of Fifth in York. Who are the members? Um,
2: The members, uh, the the original members, uh, the only two original members of the band that are still in the band are myself and DeWarren Tate is the bass player. Um, We started the band uh, about six years ago now, seven years ago. Um, just to uh, a we want to do something a little different. So, uh, is myself Tate on bass. Uh, my first cousin Derek Friday on guitar. Uh, my MD or keyboard player, Mr. George Mason, who should be calling in in just a second here, and uh, his wife Trey Mason, who is the vocalist for our band. And,
3: uh
2: okay. That is and And Johnny Killer is our drummer. Um, he's been our drummer for about three, four years now, and uh, he's been an awesome addition. So, uh, yeah, that's the
1: group. Okay. I like uh-huh. the picture of the group here. Um, you guys are in all black and in a dark gray yeah. and the chips on the table and the champagne in the bucket. and I really like uh-huh. this. This is really nice.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad you like Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, that's a great concept. Even the CD cover has, like, uh, the CD itself has, like, diamonds on it and it's VIP written on it. Uh, what is that about?
3: <laughs> uh,
2: you know, we, uh, we I, I guess we all kind of have a propensity to dream big and think big. Um, mm. So when we decided we wanted to kind of do the casino thing, we were looking at uh, I I like casinos and and that whole kind of – I'm kind of a throwback soul, so I like things that are related to casinos. But I like things that are related to casinos from, like, the late 70s, early 60s, back in the 50s heyday, uh, where things were just, like, way over the top, um, glitzy and glamorous. And that was actually a replica of a VIP marker chip that they used to hand out. Um, back in the day when they would just, like I said, when things would just play up at the top. Um, mm, okay. Uh, so, yeah, so that's what it looks like. That, that, that's what it's supposed to look like anyway. Uh, a VIP poker chip marker thing. Uh, okay. so, um, yeah, so the high rollers. The high rollers get those. Um, the high the rollers? People, yeah, the high rollers get the markers. They, get the, uh, they, they flip your marker and that would be what you would play off of and um, so that's what it's supposed to kind of represent. Um okay. That kind of thing, yep.
1: Well, you're very familiar with the Las Vegas Casino, um, you know, theme here, um, lifestyle <laughs> here, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, and it comes across very well on this CD, so very good.
4: <laughs> hey, you know, I wanted to mention, too, that, you know, I was exposed to Darlene and the group. Uh, I went to Charlotte uh, and everything, and I got a, a magazine, uptown magazine. And I looked in the magazine, and Durham and the guys and the young lady, they were they had an ad in the Uptown magazine with Fifth and York on it. And I'm like, who is this Fifth and York, you know, crew? And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. I, I, and I'm, I'm not lying, maybe like a week later, I, I received the the CD in the mail. And uh, I popped in the C Play and I listened. And I, I'm like, yo, they are really, really hot. So mm-hmm. it was like, Christmas and that I saw that in the Uptown magazine, and then a week later I got the CD. In the mail, and like I said, uh, you guys have done a great job down the shot of promoting and marketing yourselves, you know, okay. and everything. Well, definitely
2: appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, it's like I said, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a whole lot that we've had to learn in a short amount of time, and, and like I said, the business aspect of of the music business is is uh, probably actually the bigger part of of the whole thing. Uh, than just being able to be a good musician or whatever. There's tons of good musicians out there, but the business aspect is, uh, is something that if you ignore it, it, then you really don't gain, you know, you really don't get to experience a lot of the things that, that you want to experience. And that's that's kind of, like I said, that's kind of the learning curve, man, It's that business aspect of it. you just learning how to market and promote and how to, you know, poise yourself and do certain things and not do other things and uh, learn who to talk to and, and not to talk to and what to stay away from; those are the things that um, I don't think people fully kind of conceptualize when they when they see, when they watch somebody on the Grammy, or hear somebody on the radio. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff to navigate, man. There's a lot, a lot of stuff to navigate there. Um, but I appreciate that. Thanks for the compliment.
1: Okay, now I'm going to play the opening track. Uh, from all in it 's called the casino it 's little- little under two minutes long and then when we come back i 'll have you tell- uh tell us about it
3: okay
1: okay this is the casino. All
3: right. Okay,
5: folks, the time has come. We have heads-up action at the final table. Fitz and York is playing in a heads-up battle with the industry. Out of the field of 2,000 competitors, we have the best of the best here to claim the prize of the world's greatest. And what a battle it has been. So back to the table, we have Fitz and York and the industry. They've been neck and neck most of the evening in the chip count. Right now, Fifth and York does have a slight lead. Cards are coming in. The industry is in the small blind. Texas cards first. Eighth, and king of clubs he calls 30000 pounds. is in the big blind checking cards checks with a pair of 5 flop comes ace of spades king of hearts and a 5 of hearts this flop is amazing for both players but the industry with 2 pair and fits with a set I'm sure the industry thinks he has the best hand and comes out with a check raise. with a set in place and the lead in his hand Fitz is trying to get a read on the industry his fiercest competitor to this point Fitz checks here comes a turn and on the turn, it's another king. The industry checks again. Now, why in the world would they do that with the full house? will never know. Must be part of their strategy. He's trying to keep their competitor on their road, but Fifth is not appear to be backing down. You are absolutely right. Fifth is showing no signs of retreating. They check. Now for the river. It's a five. Fifth and York has a four of a kind. They get the check mark. There is no way they can lose this hand. Let's see if the industry has any faith in what they have in their hands. Knowing the industry the way I do, Biff, I'm sure he underestimated his opponent once again. The industry bets 50000 and Biff raises the bet to 100000 The industry must believe they're bluffing. He raises again 200000 to Biff and York to call. This has turned out to be one of the best heads-up actions I've seen in a long time. These guys are serious. I wonder what's going to happen next. But Biff calls before they lay down
1: the what? Okay, that was the casino. All right, Darwin, tell me about that.
2: Okay. Um, so that was one of the one of the opening skits. Our first TV, we opened up with a skit as well. Um and and we we understand and realize that not a lot of people have, you know, heard of Fifth New York at this point. Um there are a lot fewer people that know Fifth New York that do know Fifth New York at this point. So we're still at that. We're still at that initial phase of, of gaining fans and kind of get letting people know who we are and kind of introducing ourselves to people, and that's kind of the concept that we take behind doing skit work on our albums. And we know at some point, um, you know, there's going to be a record label or there's well, the record the the industry is going to demand that we not be um, so colorful in our in, in our CD um, and, or in our representation of you know our, our CDs and that kind of thing, but uh, for the time being, while we can, we're just kind of having fun, you know, and um, that's, that's kind of what it's about. Um, for us right now, we're, we're having a lot of fun doing it, and we, we came up with that that skit um, because we kind of like to think of our CDs as soundtracks to movies, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the dialogue and, and the monologues and, and those kind of things that you'll hear uh, going through these, the first CD and this CD, Um we kind of like the, the album to be more of an experience than just kind of putting in a, a CD and listening to some songs. We kind of want to put you in the mood that we were in while we're writing it or it kind of puts you in the the place that we're in, even if it's an imaginary place or if it's something that we're just kind of, you know, feeling like, for instance, a casino. Because we're from Charlotte. There are no casinos in Charlotte. I think the nearest mm-hmm. casino is like five hours away. So, so um, but that was the kind of mood
3: that we were in when we were you know,
2: writing this stuff, and, and we kind of like to put people in that mode before we go into the actual songs. We kind of want you to understand where we're coming from a little bit. And, and like I said, you know, at the same time, have some fun doing it. Um, so the casino was basically, um, like I said, we learned a lot, and we were, we were thinking about the industry and where we were as musicians and 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 how difficult it can be for a new uh, group of artists to get into the industry in the mainstream industry. And I always tell kids that I that, that I talk to or people that I've spoken to um, or, you know, that it's a lot like being a professional NFL player or a professional NBA player. Um, you might have the talent. And you may even, you know, be as talented, you know you know, as some of the guys that are already in the league. But what separates you from them is they're in the league and you are not. And in order to get into the league, there are some hurdles that you have to jump. There's some things that you're going to have to do. And and, and it's just it's any other thing, you know, any other professional program that you have to start at one point in order to get to, to where you're trying to go. And um, the odds are not always with you in, in some cases. That's just plain and simple just because if you do the, the, it's the law of averages, the law of numbers. If a record company is going to put out, you know, 10 new artists this year and uh, there is 500 artists, Applying for that, you know, buying for that, for that position, mm-hmm. then the odds are not in your favor all the time, and that's kind of where that skit came from. It was the whole um, trying to get in um, as outsiders or as as newer artists, or and trying to trying to you know kinda get our way in there and and, and get our foot in the door, that kind of thing. And and like I said, it can be tough, man. There's there's a lot of things I think we've run into some. Some some very interesting situations with you know um, some some folks that we've worked with and it hasn't worked out the best and, and we've made you know a couple business decisions as far as the music industry goes that haven't turned out you know the greatest in our favor so it's kind of like you know um, if as a new artist sometimes it really does feel like you're you're playing a you're playing a game against against the house and uh, wow. you know if they say the house the house always wins if you play long enough. Yes. You know, um, yeah.
4: but, and that's kind of came from. Yeah. But I mean it, to me it was perfect Because when I first heard it, you know, I'm like, yo, I'm like, nobody's done that and I'm, and to me personally, I think that every independent artist should have that on the CD of okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> because most of the time, I mean, that's that's the truth. I mean, because it's like sometimes the industry is kind of built against you. You know, if it's it's almost right. like you, know, you 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 have to be with this certain click, or with this certain thing, or with the house, mm-hmm. sort of thing, mm-hmm. you know, in order mm-hmm. for you to win, you know, and and like is it, and that's what it is. It's like you guys against the industry, basically.
2: That that's what it is. In, in, in so many words, in so many words, yeah. And, and it's like that. I think it's like that in any profession, to be honest. When when it's when it's a talent based kind of kind of industry, um, but even if you are, you know. It, we're, that's just American society in general. I think um, you know. There's if it wasn't hard to become a doctor, then you then everybody would be one.
1: You know, if it wasn't
2: if it wasn't hard to get into the NFL or the NBA, everybody would do it because the rewards are great. You know, and you get there's financial stability there and there's you know career there and all that kind of stuff. But like I said, you, there are hurdles that you have to go through and there are things you're gonna have to do in order to get there. And uh, one way or the other. Uh, hopefully, you know, you'll find a way to navigate those waters, but it, it's, it can be a little challenging and it can be a little frustrating. And it does sometimes feel like it's you against the world or you against the industry or you against, you know, whatever that establishment is. So, and yeah.
1: and how, do, how do you guys as a group, as the members of the group get together and talk about how to stay motivated in this industry and to keep going?
2: Oh, boy. Uh, that can be tough as well. Um, you know what? What it really comes down to is if you don't love what you're doing, then you
3: shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing it. Um, mm-hmm. it's,
2: a, it's, it's a blessing to be able to go make music and and have people listen to it, and then it's a bonus that somebody writes you a check at the end of the night. You know?
3: Yes, um, yes.
2: I don't, you know, you should never do something because you have to do it. You should do it because you want to do it. And if you get paid doing it, then that's then it's all, you know, that makes it better. Right. Um, so I don't feel like we, it's not like we, I don't feel like we, it's not a burden. We don't have to stay motivated. We don't have to do another CD. We don't have to do this or that or the other. We get to do it. And that's mm-hmm. where you have to um, Because if you don't like it, then stop I mean, you know, if you if you feel like it's too much for you, then don't do it. Um, so, and that's just I, I guess that's just coming from my, my father was in the military. He's always raised very, you know, either do it or don't. You know, the don't do it halfway. Um, and I guess that's what I try to kind of carry into the band. And uh, I'm, I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed to have a very supportive group. Um, they are. I, I have. I cannot tell you how how supportive they have been and, and 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 how well they have supported the entire vision of what we've been doing since we tried to do it. Because when we first started, to be honest, when we first started doing smooth jazz and this in in Charlotte, it wasn't a big deal in Charlotte, um, and there weren't a whole lot of high paying jobs or gigs um, for for smooth jazz for a while.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, we
2: almost had to make our own market to 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 get to really get it started and um, so it's kind of been they've been with me from the beginning though I mean they really have they've been some troopers so it's like I said it's, we love to do it we love to make music um, and that's that's what we love to do that's what we were made to do and um, so it, it's not hard to stay motivated um, when, when you're doing what you love. It.
1: All right. Good, good. I am talking and we are talking to saxophonist Derwin Friday. He is one of the members of Fifth in York. Their new C D is called All In. Um, Derwin, I'm gonna play the next skit track number two, All In. Tell me about that.
2: All in is actually it's it was it's kind of the intro, like I said, we try to do our our CDs kind of like movies. So if if the um if the skit was kind of the the monologue before the opening credits. Then the song All In is what would be playing during the credits. Um, if if that kind of makes sense. Um, yes. And it um yeah I know it's kind of the theme song for the entire CD. And uh, I hope you guys dig it. It was fun to make. It was fun to write. Terry uh, did an excellent job singing it. And uh, George wrote this one. And um, it was it, I think I thought it was beautifully done. So y'all check it out.
0: I'm on. With determination My heart is racing Cause I've been chasing The dreams that I'm now facing
1: That's part track two from the CD "All In." And uh, Derwin, I read on your Facebook page that you guys are putting together a photo album and a video for the CD.
2: Yeah, the photo album and the video um, for the making of "All In" is is coming soon. Uh, we're we're kind of working on that uh, right now. Um, my fiance is actually our videographer and photographer, so she's she's been working really hard on that. So. Um, as soon as we kind of get some final sketches and a few more things done, we're going to be putting that out there for everybody to check out. It's just, some, like I said, it's more fun stuff, you know. Uh, a couple of a couple of videos and, and a couple of uh, really good pictures of, of what we were doing late night for those many, many months and studio sessions and um, just kind of pounding this stuff out. So it should be really cool. I'm excited to see it.
1: Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Right. Yeah, definitely. All right. So next is the a full song is track number three. is called Your Move. Um, tell me about this one.
2: Your Move. Um, Your Move started out as we actually the original concept for that one was actually going to uh, be. Um, it's a three part song, and, and we switched it together, and it came it came from actually three different songs. Um, sort of, they were snippets of songs. And we liked one part of it and we didn't like the other part. And then we would like, you know, one part of this song but not the other part of it. And, and we kind of just, we played it and recorded them a couple times at, in the home studios and tried to work with it. And eventually what happened was we took our favorite parts of these songs and put them together in kind of a movement. And the original concept was going to be uh, the flop, the was uh, the, 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 It was actually going to be the kind of copying what you would do in a, Five card stud games. So
3: mm-hmm. it was
2: going to be the flop, the turn, and the river was the was the was the initial kind of thought process. We we're like, let's do a song that has three parts. We'll do three different motions, and we'll do it like in a card game. So you'll have your flop, you'll have your your turn, and your river. And people that play poker or uh, Omaha or stud or something like that will know what that is. Um, but we then we figured nobody would really understand what that was, <laughs> what that meant if you didn't play poker. <laughs> Everybody be like, "What is that?" So we actually we just we called it "Your Mood" um, because that's that, you know, that's really what it was all about was kind of what should make Uh kind of a song. And uh, I don't know I, I love I love how everything came together. George did a really good job of putting all these together and matching them. Um, the transition work was very difficult. Mister Gillard uh, Gillard on the drums was instrumental to making this work. His uh, his drumming technique is kind of a fusion style. Um, He's also a very good R&B drummer as well. Um, But he did some amazing cadence work in this one to make it all work together. I don't know how he did it. Um, I couldn't keep the timing on most of this stuff. But uh, he did a great job. So pay attention to to Mr. Gillis' drum work, and I hope you guys like it. This is your move.
1: Right, that was your move from Fifth and York's new CD, All In. Um, visit their website, fifthandyork.com, and you can follow them on Twitter under Derwin's name, um, Derwin Friday, and also on Facebook. We are now joined by G Mace. Welcome, G.
6: Hi, how you guys doing?
1: I'm doing well. Welcome. Uh, meet my co-host, Mike Reynolds. Hey, Mike,
6: what's going on, man? How's it going, brother?
1: How's it going, Decker?
6: Okay? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm good.
1: No, and I was, now, just, no,
4: now both you guys on. I want to I want to kind of ask before targeting into it and everything mm-hmm. that you know that song was a great song. I was, really like the city and I, I was sitting there thinking about it while the song was playing. We've never asked anybody this, but as a group, do you find that it's hard for you guys to get booked for a festival or for other gigs because you are a group versus being an individual an individual performer? Because you know it's cheaper to just fly one guy out and have him play with the house band versus flying out. Five or six guys and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well
6: um, you. as far as as far as I'm concerned, um, it's it's not necessarily about how much we're getting paid and all that. Well, not for me. Um, maybe for you know the rest of the guys, I sacrifice what I can for everybody else. But just for us to get the opportunity to get to travel and to be places, you know, I'll make a minor sacrifice for us to be exposed to other people and for other people to be exposed to us. Because in the long run, they'll. They'll come to us, and then that's when the revenue will come. When you start making good music for people who want to listen to, who want to purchase online, things like that. So.
1: Mm, okay, so um, G, um, as the musical director um, for Fifth and York, how can I? And I asked um, Derwin this question a few minutes ago, but how do you? How do you guys keep? Uh, how do you as a musical director keep the group uh, motivated and, um, you know, just kind of encouraged to go on in the industry and, and and keep, you know, doing what you guys do?
6: Well, we're all family, so we kind of talk to each other like family. And when you're as close-knit as we are, it's not hard to speak to each other and motivate them in a real talk kind of fashion. You know, you don't have to candy coat anything. You don't have to make it pretty for them. You just let them know, hey, this is what we got to do, and if you're on board, let's go. You know, if you have other mm-hmm. plans or something else you want to do, go ahead. But this is what we're going to do as a group and as a unit. And if you want to go with us, then let's go. And everybody's on board, everybody's family. Everybody wants to be with one another, so we just keep moving and motivate each other.
1: And do you guys perform individually? Um, you know, like when the group is not performing, do you guys perform individually? Um, you know, by yourself well, or with other
6: Well, being a full-time musician as I am, you know, I I do spot dates with other groups, but uh, the first thing I tell anyone that's looking for a commitment from me, my first priority is fifth and york. So if something comes up for fifth and york, then that's what I got to do. And a lot of people that I work with are understanding, because I try not to work with people who don't understand the business and understand what it is that we're trying to do. I know Mm -hmm. uh, Daryl and uh, most of the other guys in the group uh, our vocalists, Trey Mason, you know, we all have engagements that people call us for, but when it comes to Fifth and York, Fifth and York is priority.
1: Got it. All right. I would like to read a review. Um, by Ronald Jackson from the Smooth Jazz Ride. He says the mix of fusion, R&B, and both contemporary and a bit of traditional jazz make this album, All In, truly effective. It certainly isn't hard to hear and feel the amount of thought and effort put into this project. This is an album that requires your relaxed, undisturbed attention to fully feel the creative juices that must have been flowing freely when these gents sat down to create it. That's a nice review like there. Yeah, yeah, I like very that. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, now, G, how long have you been with All In?
6: Um, I've been with Fifth in York, uh, what
1: is I'm it sorry, want, about three
6: years? Three years, okay. About
1: three years now? <laughs> yeah,
6: it's been
1: okay. I can't, Yeah, I get lost. <laughs> <It's time for laughs> yeah, so. yeah, it does. All right, so then, Derwin, um, I read that, you know, Fifth and York um, opened for Gerald Levert. Tell me about that.
2: Oh, that was, oh, man, that was back in the day. We, um, when we were first kind of originally forming, uh, right before he passed, um, he he came to a venue that was close by. And uh, it's actually one of the gigs that kind of spawned Fifth and York as as a group because we were originally a group called The Sessions. And, uh, mm-hmm. man, we were like 10 deep. Um, There was a bunch of us. And what uh, we were doing, we were kind of more of what you would call it, yeah, more of what you would really see on the on a day-to-day basis, like your wedding band and your party band and that kind of a thing.
3: Mm-hmm. And um,
2: we, we, the core members, we kind of got that gig on the whim to open up uh, on the side stage for It was him and I want to say Frankie Beverly and Mays were on the same ticket. And, uh, we got to open up to that, and that was like one of the coolest things ever. That was kind of the, so, so, that was one of the things that gave me my first taste of being on that big stage with all that production and kind of seeing what, what it really feels like for, you know, people to, lots of people to appreciate what you're doing at one time. Um, and not being, cause I was raised and learning how to play the church. So, it, it, to have more than a hundred people li- listening to you at one time was like a huge deal for me. Um and that was like one of the that was the most amazing feeling uh feelings that I've ever had. So that kind of that really was the spark that lit Fifty York. Um to the the idea for Fifty York right there. Um that was a lot of fun.
1: Mm, okay. All right, now um G, do you have a favorite song on the C D?
2: Well,
6: I have a couple of favorites. You know, every time we finished a song and left the studio, you know, I was like, yeah, that's my favorite tune. Then we could do another song, and I'd be like, yeah, no, nah, that's my favorite tune. But the <laughs> tune that's closest to my heart is Key of G, because that's a song that my wife wrote about our daughter Gabby. So that's that's ah. the closest one that's to my heart.
1: Well, I will play that next. Um, we are talking to Derwin Friday and G. Mace, members of 5th and New York. If you would like to call in with a question or a comment, the number is 646 646- 7165485. This is the key of G. From um, 5th and York's yeah. new CD, yeah. All In. Very nice. Yeah. Very I'm nice. that was good to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a comment from the chat room. Joe from Germany um, says that um, this seems, I'll say exactly what he says. Yes, um, it's really hard to believe this track and the track before are on the same CD, but I like both of them. Is this a result of different producers in the band, or is this one and the same producer? Gee.
6: Well, this is a collaboration of everybody's ideas. Um, we kinda get together and go through an idea process where we all come up with our ideas and everybody kinda, you know, just comes together and says, Well, what about something like this or we might hear something we like and as the music directors my role for to be a funnel for all the ideas. So mm-hmm. If if all of the ideas are, are there, I have to go through and say, okay, what do you think about this, and try to develop an idea into a song. And being the type of group that we are, it has to be, it has to feel, and it has to sound like everybody. I want everybody's strong points to come through. I want everybody to feel involved just as much as the next person. So um, the production process is basically an all-inclusive effort of everybody, and you have to have the... Um, the type of people that work with you that understand, okay, we're going to use this but not use this, and they not get offended. So that's the kind of people that we have, and I enjoy being a part of that process with these guys because we're all excellent musicians as far as I'm concerned. So it's hardly ever that we come up with a bad idea.
1: Okay. So now, G, which one are – where are you on the picture? Um, I'm looking at the picture on the CD of all of you all dressed in um, gray and black with the chips on the table and the champagne bottles in the bucket. Which one I'm are you? I'm the one
6: standing. I'm the one standing in the black, standing in the back with the shades on.
1: Okay. Okay, got it. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now, Derwin, uh, this hour went yes. by so fast. Um really I am going. Yes, I am going to close the show with cigars and cognac. Tell me about that.
2: <laughs> um, so Cigars and Cognac. Um, it was a song that um every now and then we, we get an opportunity and me me and George are kinda go we have these little opportunities to do these gigs where it's just kinda me and him. And uh we write a lot of the material that goes on to CDs and especially this C D uh me and George are probably the biggest two collaborators in the band, um, on a consistent, you know, basis as far as that goes. So <laughs> It was kind of fun. We were actually doing this little uh, this little gig at a wine bar. Just me and myself and, and George and uh, and G, and we were doing it to like basically some drum loops and some tracks and things like that. Because it was it was kind of a piano bar kind of a gig, and um, something that we were just we just kind of did on the on the cuff. It was very nice you know, environment. And uh we had just come off of doing several shows and several, you know, nights of production and, and we were we were pretty tired while we were actually writing the CD. And uh it was funny because we were we had probably not slept in three or four days. And no. um and so and so the original uh, the original title of that song was actually Cigars and Coffee. Um because we <laughs> That's pretty much what we were that was what was fueling us. It. it was a lot of nights of Red Bull and really, 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 really dark coffee. Um mm. that we were kinda off of. And uh, so it kind of started as a joke and we started writing this song called uh Cigars and Girl. And um we kind of as the more we started messing around with it and we actually found a kind of a hook and we were like, I like that hook and then like the first time we played it all the way through was actually on the cuff, on stage at this little piano bar just being him and the drum loop and uh we were like man write that down <laughs> that was kind of a cool idea and uh the more we messed with it the better it started to sound and it came out of cigars and cognac after a while. So mm. uh, that's, how that's how it got written, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. All right, and now where are you guys going to be performing um in the area?
2: Um, we are the house band the Ritz-Carlton, uh, uptown Charlotte, Ritz-Carlton. Uh, we do that show every Friday night. We host the show there. And then we are probably going to take a small hiatus now that we've finished the CD to get ready to start doing some stuff for the spring. Um, so we'll be doing some private functions, and we have a few commitments left. But um, hopefully this uh, this coming January, first of the year, we will be getting ready to do a campaign for some some national attention. And I uh, really
1: put the rest of the tips on the table. All in. Okay. Now, um, I, I can't say goodbye to you guys without letting um, you and Mike and uh, talk about football, talk about the Cowboys. Gee, are you a Cowboy fan?
6: Absolutely <laughs> not. I <laughs> am not a Cowboy fan by any means or any stretch of the imagination. No.
0: Is that
1: clear enough? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he, was, right. he said absolutely not. <laughs> wow. Okay, then this conversation is just between Derwin and Friday. Go, guys. <laughs>
4: look, no, you know look. what? Cause Terry, Terry, Terry hey, got on me because she thought I was going to miss the show. <laughs> she's like, Mike, I know the Redskins are playing the Cowboys today. Should I re oh, read yeah. re- uh, schedule the show? I thought <laughs> about for me. I said, Oh, I said I don't know, but luckily. The game comes on at eight thirty, so we didn't have to reschedule the show today. <laughs> right, right, right.
2: That's all good. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's, you know what? I would, I, would, I would love the Cowboys. My old Cowboy fan, but I have some serious issues with that Tony Romo fella. Doc, I just don't know about that cat. And then the, you know, to make all of that money, and I don't know, man. Just, you know, they could have paid me. I would have. I would have got hit a couple times. If they paid me <laughs> half of his contract. I take him with.
3: It's cool. I would take
2: the for him all day.
6: They need to get uh-huh. Romo a Snickers because he's not himself when he's hungry.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: oh, my well. goodness. That's too funny. Yes, well, yeah. you know, football used to come on just on Monday nights. Now it's almost seven days a week. So. Um, sometimes it's hard to schedule a show uh, because I'm trying not to interrupt with anybody's football games, uh, and that's why I emailed you uh, last night during about rescheduling because right. I just didn't want to interfere with the game. You know, I didn't want you to miss a touchdown or a field goal or any hey, of that. So I, I appreciate
2: the courtesy. I think that that was very that was very nice of you. I appreciate that. That's all right. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I try to
4: explain to her that sports is a big thing. Uh, we've actually interviewed a couple of artists. That were doing the interview was why they was watching games. We've, oh, we've interviewed, um, we interviewed <laughs> Howie was yes, and he was watching the the dangle game seven of the of the, um, of the NBA finals.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice. And he missed the entire yeah. game.
4: He
1: missed the entire yeah. game because of the interview. <laughs> that is too funny. That is too yeah. funny. Yeah, it, it is important, man. It's,
2: it's, it's definitely an important thing, you know. Um, but no, it wasn't that important. Like I said. It, Hey, even if it was on right now, it's, this, this is my first love. Music is my first love. and first York is my first love. And now let Tony Romo go write me a check, um, you know, I, he, ain't gonna, he ain't gonna pay none of these bills I got to pay. So yeah, it'll be all right. I'll put it on. I'll put it on the DVR. It's cool. Okay.
3: Yeah. And then and, you know, okay.
4: just to say that you know, I knew that we had and York on. Like I met Darren. Darren was a good brother. So I would have missed the first half of the game too for this interview. I yeah, I can actually life. say that because the
1: I game actually comes on 830 now. See, okay, that's what I'm saying. I don't believe a like, word of it, Mike. I
3: appreciate that, Mike. That's
1: all right. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, that's fellas, so thank you so much for giving Mike and, us the, uh, Mike and I the opportunity to speak with you. It's been so much fun. Well, thanks
2: for having us. We appreciate
1: it. Yes, definitely.
2: Yeah.
4: And I look down in, you know, somewhere down in the Carolinas or hopefully up here closer to the, to the D.C. Maryland
2: area, bro. Oh yeah, we working on it. We working yeah. on it. That's like I said. That's the next. The next move, man, is that you really start spreading out a little bit first of next year and, and kind of getting out there and doing some other things. So hopefully you uh, you guys will be hearing of us coming your way very soon. Yeah, okay, and definitely. Let, like I said, you know, definitely.
1: And let everyone right. know where they can find um, all in.
2: All In is now for sale on all of your digital distribution sites. So anywhere you buy music, pretty much iTunes, uh, it is on Amazon, it is on Google Play, any of those places. Um, You can download it directly from our website Um, coming up. I think it should be available now. If not, it will be in the next two to three days uh, from our website for download. And... um, we are going to probably put it in a few more places. So just kind of, if you Google it or, or just throw it into your web browser searcher, it should just pop up somewhere. But I know it's, in, it's on Amazon, Google Play, and iTunes right now.
1: Okay. All right. I'm still thinking All about right. G's response. Absolutely not. Absolutely, <laughs> Absolutely not.
6: Yeah. yeah I, had it, I had to make a plain, you know, just make sure. All right.
1: Yes, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you again, um, G yeah. and Derwin. Thank you so much for uh, coming on and talking to us.
3: All right. Thank for you for having me.
1: All right, that were, we just talked to the members of uh, Fifth and York, saxophonist Derwin Friday, and the director, musical director, G. Mace. Again, the CD is called All In. Visit the website, fifthandyork.com. Follow them on Twitter under Derwin Friday and on Facebook. Okay, Mike, do you have anything to add before I let you go catch your game? Um,
4: well, just one thing. The venue for the Eric Darius show next week has been changed. I got a call last night. And uh, the venue has been changed from the BWI Sheridan to the Best Western Plus in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, mm-hmm. If anybody, you know, listens to the show they were going to go out, they can hit me up on Facebook to get the information for the new venue. But uh, like I said, the same day, same time, and we're going to still bring the same heat. So, you know, everything's going to be the same except for the venue.
1: All right, then. All right. Well, thanks to... Um, joe from germany for tuning in and we have a a guest in the chat room as well thank you so much for listening to the show my name is terry and um, you've been listening to talking smooth jazz with your host the jazz queen
4: and Mike Reynolds.
1: and we look forward to talking smooth jazz with you again next time from the cd all in this is cigars and cognac have a great day
0: To Talking Smooth Jazz Please visit our websites TalkingSmoothJazz.com And Mastermind-Entertainment.com Join our Facebook fan and group pages And follow us on Twitter At Jazz underscore Queen And The Daily Drive That's
3: T-H-A Daily Drive